0: want us to grasp where we're at right now, because next week, I will start becoming more myopic in the individual gifts, but if I do not understand to this point, then it becomes confusing, and we start looking at the gifts, uh, and you're going to find out that there are gifts and then there are gifted men and they are different because it takes a plurality of the gifts in the gifted man to have the ministry that the holy spirit has called us to all right so what i'm all what i'm going to do today coming out of verse 7 is package everything that you've learned over the last since we started chapter 12. okay, in one tidy package. All right? So I'm going to ask the Lord to bless this time. Read verse seven and we will proceed. Father, we come, we come to hear from you. Father, we come understanding even but just a glimpse of the privilege of the body of Christ. Father, the, the wonderment of the body of Christ. And Father, the, the joy of being a part of something that is only eternal, that something that you designed and you planned in eternity past before you even spoke into existence space. And we come, Lord, to hear from you. We come, Lord, to be overwhelmed by you. We come, Lord, to draw upon you and you alone. And Father, help us. Help us to grasp. Father, help us to bow before Your truth, Your way, Your purpose. To Your glory and praise. Amen. Romans chapter 12, verse 7. To each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Okay? Too many people in our society today miss this. And what I mean by society is the evangelical society, the, the church and i got to be honest with you, I'm struggling with this. I'm struggling with this text. I'm struggling with these three chapters. It is hard to move between teaching and preaching. And, 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 and it, there's times that I, I feel like I need to teach more. There's times I feel like I need to preach more. There's times I don't understand. Because, see, teaching and preaching has in, inherent in it information and application. And you kind of keep going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And this subject... Spiritual gifts, let's be realistic. Everybody in here has some experience with spiritual gifts. Okay? It may not be right, but there was an experiential something that has happened. And it may be something as common as I've seen two men on television, one of the, um, am I allowed to say their names? Okay, Rodney Howard Brown and Kenneth Copeland telling jokes in tongues. Okay, and they were having a blast. And I could not understand why this whole massive group of people seemed to think it was funny because they could not understand the joke. And I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm thinking that the joke was on you. Okay? And um, I can tell you honestly, that is not how the gift is used. Um, and I, Anyway... Uh, so it's, it's, there's a lot of experience in this. Uh, there is a lot of emotion wrapped up in the, the, the understanding of spiritual gifts. Uh, because, you know, I remember such and such and they did this and they had a prayer language and I believe that, you know, I knew this guy whose friend who knew this guy who knew this traveling evangelist, who did this guy who was blind and he made him see. I was like, who was it? Well, I don't remember. Okay. But you know, my uncle wouldn't lie to me. Okay, and you know, okay, fine. But I I see this all over the place. Um, And and I I guess if I wanted to use what we've been studying here, I would have to say there are varieties. (laughs) But we must, if you are saved today, you must come to the Word of God and look closely. You've got to understand that we look verse by verse. We even times will look word by word uh, and, and, and we must understand um, the entirety of spiritual gifts. And this is one of the things that really disturbs me about the lack of knowledge that exists in the body of Christ across the boards on spiritual gifts. And it's a sin Because verse one says, I do not want you to be unaware. I do not want you to be ignorant of this divine enabling. And so when we study this, we need to understand if the Apostle Paul says, I do not want you to be ignorant about this, that we need to understand that it is vital to the body of Christ. I look at the church today and I see the ignorance concerning spiritual gifts. And I can tell you if there's ignorance in the spiritual gifts, then the body is crippled. It does not manifest Christ It is a shame to a holy God. And people are oblivious to it. And that's part of the reason that I'm doing this thing on the church. What is the church? Because most people today, if you ask them, what is the church? They will give you an emotional experiential definition that nine out of ten times is not biblical. It's not biblical. Okay. Okay. One source, one power. We need to understand this. I, let me see if I can help you where I'm going. Because, yes, I, see, my focus next week is going to be verse 28. All right, well, but I, I, I thought it was going to be verse 8. Um, no, it's going to be 28. And it'll still be text, text, textual thematic exposition. Okay, But it will be a little different. And the reason is, a few years ago, I was out in uh, Chattanooga. uh, And I had the privilege to have Spiros Zodiades teach me Hebrews 1. At that time, this is how many years ago it was, I was just beginning to get it together to start teaching this fellowship the book of Hebrews alright, and i seen this course, the Zodiates, day in and day out, I'm going to be immersed in chapter 1 of Hebrews, and I thought, yes, this is perfect, God's God of providence, and all the rest of it, so we go to the class, I go to that class that first morning, bright and early, just all excited, and, and, and he gives us this big manuscript of a complete exegetical digest of the book of Hebrews chapter 1, and the nouns and the parsed, and this, and I'm <laughs> that kid in a candy store, and it's all the rest of it, and he says, now open your Bible, and turn To John's Gospel, chapter 1. Am I in the wrong class? I'm thinking I'm in the wrong class. You know, or, you know, Spiros is in his mid 80s. Okay, so I'm thinking, Spiros is in the wrong class. (laughs) Yo, dude, you gave out Hebrews 1 and you're going to teach us what? John 1. And everybody in the class was afraid to say anything, okay? But when you sit and went through it, you watched him take the preeminence of Christ out of John 1. And if you look at Hebrews 1, it is the preeminence of Christ in Hebrews 1. And it took this massive turn. And it came around and around and around and around and around and right into Hebrews 1. All right? That's what I'm doing right now. I'm getting ready to take what was this massive understanding that you just went through in chapter 12, verses 1 through 7 and verse 11, and it is a great big huge picture that you will see will play into verse 28. Okay? Here's the key. What you're going to get today is absolutely vital for where I will go. Okay? If you don't have grounded what I'm giving you today, then the rest of it's going to be wobbly. Okay? Now, that doesn't mean you can't go back and get the tape or whatever. Okay? But I'm starting in this very large circle, and I'm going to start with it here. We who believe today, we who are truly saved today, we believe in God, don't we? Okay? We believe that he manifests himself. He reveals himself in his personality and that manifestation is in three persons. Holy Father, Holy Son, Holy Spirit. The three, Holy Father, Holy Son, Holy Spirit are in absolute total agreement about everything. We agree? All right. What we have begun focusing on is the person of the Holy Spirit. So I can, with great comfort and great ease, it's it's really cool, Uh, I'm going to be in Russia in a couple of weeks, and I'll be teaching on the doctrine of God. Right? I mean, yeah, there's an easy one to teach on. Okay? I'm going to teach on the doctrine of God. Who is God? But you know what? When I first realized what they wanted me to teach on, I was like, oh, my words. How in the world can I do that? Do you know what I taught on the last time I was in Russia? The doctrine of the Holy Spirit. So I have an amazing understanding of the doctrine of God. Okay? And he said to show it to me. Don't get me wrong. There's things. I'm ready for you to bring it to my remembrance. (laughs) Hurry. (laughs) I don't want you to be bringing it to my remembrance while I'm waiting in Atlanta. I'd like to sort of have it okay but but when we look at that, I want you to understand that because the key to understanding this in spiritual gifts is that everything comes together that Christ revealed himself in the first incarnation, okay God took on bodily form okay I, I preached that this morning in the early uh, service with uh, the other church is that Jesus said, if you have seen me, you have seen God. Okay? But you can't separate it, but God is spirit. That's true. Alright? And yeah, I don't understand it, and don't I don't want to hear any of your silly explanations to me. You know, God's like an egg. No, he ain't. Well, he's like water. No, he ain't. Well, he's like the Apollo moon mission. What? Go back to egg. Okay, that, you know, got one circle in the moon, the other two go down on the moon. What? Okay. No, if you can make the Trinity fix in your box, you just became God, and trust me, you're not. Okay, so, no, I don't know how it works, but I can tell you that it's in there. And God says, yeah, here it is. All right, so, understand that when Jesus walked this planet in human form, All the attributes of deity were manifest. God was visible in human history. Okay, that's what you got to grab a hold of. Now, let me tell you something. God has done that a second time. Please hear what I'm saying. Past tense. Already has done it a second time. No, it wasn't over Jerusalem in 70 AD when he destroyed. No, that's not. He's done it a second time, another incarnation, what I call Bible or body two. And that incarnation is the church. You got to understand that. When I see people who play games with the church and I'm not interested in the church and I'm not interested in this. Do you realize what you're saying? You're saying that the incarnation of Christ the second time is not important to you. Okay? That's hard. That's hard. That's the thing that you gotta get a hold of here. Why? That incarnation is made manifest how? Through conversion of souls empowered with divine power on high for the manifestation of Christ so that the unity of the body will come together and the unity of the body will look just like God the Father God the Son God the Holy Spirit so that their goal their plan their purposes their judgments their attitudes their attributes are all identical hear me well you take the name Christian Christian It came out of Antioch and it was a term of derision. The term says, Christian, it means little Christ. You think about when you walk out of here or your work or whatever you're doing in the future, do you look little Christ because he's empowered us to do that. And that is the spirituals that you see that we have been dealing with. This is extremely vital to the body of Christ. All of us who know the Lord Jesus Christ are in that body. All right, everyone, as an individual member, is part of that body, part of the greater body of the incarnation of Jesus Christ, the second incarnation. We—it's like the members. Paul uses this illustration. It's like the members of the human body. They must all work together to bring about the full function of the body. They all have to work. If not, it gets a handicap sticker parking thing. Doesn't it? It ain't all working. And so you park here in the little blue spot. And I look at the church today and it grieves my heart because I know the power source we have and yet I see members in the body of Christ who refuse to be a part of it. The manifestation of the second incarnation and the people don't want to be a part of it. The church must have a mutual ministry. It works interdependence on one another. We hate that in our society today. I don't want to be dependent on anybody. You have to be if you're saved. See, that is the second incarnation. Okay? Why? The second incarnation shows the angels the power of God. Now listen, the angels were free, were there when he started flinging stars. Pretty, pretty, pretty. Okay? And the angels are going, oh. This is serious. But do you understand that the angels, Peter, tell us, long to try to grasp the power, the majesty, the exaltation it takes to redeem men who hate God. I'm going to redeem them. And then I'm going to mold them into the image of my son so the world will know who sent them. And the angels are sitting there going, dude I thought solar systems are tough and yet that is the same source that is alive in the body of Christ today That's it. those guys who went out to the shepherds conference you've seen it you would sit there and say how do you put 8,000 people in one room together and it all get along Okay, and yet when you got there you said 8,000 people together and they were more than getting along they were knocking themselves out to help you whatever we can do I mean I see little 10 year olds running around in wheelbarrows full of popcorn a little boy was standing there with a big old barrel he couldn't pick up the pan had the ice cream sandwiches in it would you like an ice cream sir there were people who were volunteering to polish shoes (laughs) I wore suede (laughs) Can you make him look better? Yeah, I didn't think so. But they had set up computer. People had donated their laptops to hook them up to a wireless internet so that everybody could get online and check your emails if you wanted to. I mean, there was stuff going on I can't comprehend. I can't comprehend. How did it happen? They were all surrendered to what God said we were supposed to be doing. We serve one another. Not occasionally. Why? Whose glory are we looking out for? That is the curse on the church here in this area right now. The greatest single offense that I see the church Christians have continually, 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 is they are not looking to the glory of God. It is all about man. But if I had this, or if I could do that, or if I bought this, if I owned this, if I had this, if this happened, if I had this job, if I had this, what are you looking at? It's all the glory of man. God does not share His glory. We must function, and as we function, as we work, as we minister, you know what happens? We strengthen other people. It's kind of a drag. It's a drag. I mean, hey, wait a minute, but they're not serving me. That's fine. God doesn't say you minister as long as they minister back. That ain't what he says. Paul said, I finished the race. I'm done. I'm going to be poured out like a drink offering. And yet every single one of you in this room today is a product of that man's ministry. He's still heaping up crowns. The dude is in heaven, has been in heaven for 2,000 years, and they're still wheeling crowns in on his behalf. That's amazing to me. But that's how big God is. What was Paul worried about? Glory to the Father. You think about it. When you get ready to sin, you know, it's just a little one. Okay? Whose glory are you looking out for? Your own. Every single time. It's about me. Why? Well, you know, I think God put this desire. No, man, that's sin. Every desire you have in your body is corrupted by sin. That's why God says, take the old operating system out and put in my new operating system. That's why I preached on this morning. If you do not have a love of the word, how can you be saved? And yet, how many are doing it? I love the word. That's the preacher's job. All right? Christ becomes manifest in us individually to the glory of the father. When he is manifest in us individually, then I start walking as Christ or you start walking as Christ. And guess what? All of a sudden now everybody else is more important than you. And you begin losing sleep over saints. You begin sacrificing time for saints. You begin giving sacrificially to the saints. And you know what happens to those saints? They become stronger. And then as they become stronger, what do they do? They start manifesting Christ. Then you put a whole big old room full of them together and what do you have? The manifestation of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then all men will sit there and all go, how can you have this many people all that united? You know what? I seen that when I preached in Russia. They don't even know my language. And yet the power of the word through the foghorn touched those peoples and they were one. We were one. I took the Lord's table with a bunch of people that I could not speak their language and I knew that in 12 or 13 hours I'd be one with you guys because you'd be taking the Lord's table at the same time. That is mind-boggling when you start thinking about it. And yet that's what we've done. There's a divine enablement. It was designed in the spirituals. It was designed in the varieties of gift. It was designed because you have gifts, you have services, you have ministries, you have effects. And God said, this is how I'm going to do it. It's a divine enablement. It's service with power. Do you get that? Serving the saints with the power of God. I'm into that. I'm thinking that's cool. Why? I don't get tired. I don't get tired. As we minister in the Holy Spirit, He energizes us. As we are energized, we literally start strengthening one another. As we are strengthened, we become more Christ-focused, we become more Christ-light, and the lost people sit there and scratch their head and say, how in the world did that happen? And we say, "Is by our God. As I minister to you, you are strengthened. You are built up. And as you are built up, guess what you do? You begin ministering. And as you minister, guess what happens? There's more strength. That is, there's more strength in what happens? More Christ-likeness. And the whole idea that is behind us is that we come to the maturity and be like Christ. Okay? As we all do this, as we all become like Christ, these little Christ, then the corporate becomes like Christ. And that's when the world will stand in awe. What you see in the body of Christ today is man-made. And the world is not in awe. If that's what we want, let's get Iacocca out of retirement or whatever he's into now. Why? We just put a CEO in there. Come on, let's get the profits up. And that's what the church in America is today. That's what the church in America is today. As we minister in our gifts, not only do we build each other up, but we will help each other understand better how to minister in a given area. Let me, let's see if I can give you an illustration. <clears throat> I preach to you. I teach you. Okay? I, I try as often as I can to be preaching and teaching. Okay? Why? Why? I'm thinking that's my gift. What do you think? I mean, now, I understand there's a composite that makes up the preaching and the teaching events. I understand that. I'd better have the gift of wisdom. I'd better have the gift of discernment. Okay? And a whole bunch of other things that I'd better have if I'm going to be a preacher-teacher. Right? I have those gifts. Therefore, I have this overwhelming desire all the time to do what? Preach and teach. Okay? (coughs) Okay? Some of you may not have the gift of preaching and teaching. It may not be there. It may not be what God is using you for. But you are built up under my preaching and teaching and you also will be learning how to better communicate your faith because it is not natural to you. It is not part of your giftedness, but you will set under the teaching and all of a sudden you get yourself to God better to articulate this because I've set under this man who's empowered by God's preaching and teaching. And I can now teach because I have set under his teaching and through the power of the Holy spirit, he's poured this through me and I'm just passing it on. You may not be a gifted teacher. You may not be a gifted preacher, Okay, but it happens because I have set under that. Now then, what happens is is as I am doing that, you lovingly, some of you will show me your mercy. Okay, and I don't have that gift. I'm honest, I don't. Okay, and I, there's times I get frustrated with you who do. All right, But what happens is, as I am ministering to you, your gift of mercy does what? And you help me show mercy. Okay, you guys need to get better at it. Because <laughs> I ain't learning real well. <laughs> it ain't sticking. My mercy brain cells ain't holding. Okay? I will learn how to be merciful to others. And guess what? You know how I learned that? I see it in your actions. See the difference? You can spend very short time with me and you're going to say, that guy is about as narrow minded as he, anybody I ever met. It's either the Bible or it can be the Bible or we're going to have the Bible. Okay? And it's like, what a life. Okay? but I can look at some of you and I can see things in you that I think, well, i would be kind of cool to have that. And I'll be honest, there's times I wish I had more mercy, but I also understand that it's a time such as this that God put me here and I'm thinking he's running out of mercy. Okay? So when you see me in action, you sit there and go, wow, that's kind of cool. I've learned how to articulate things. I've learned how to share things because not only have I heard it from him, but I've seen it in him. As I watch you, guess what? Do I see it? Do I see it? Do I see your giftedness moving in the saints and then I can learn from your giftedness? See what the body of Christ is all about? That's an amazing thought. Think about it. It's mutual interdependence. And you know what? I see so many people missing this. So many people. Even if a congregation is as small as this, I see people missing this. They're missing that building us up into Christ's likeness, but it also helps them better to minister in all areas. That is amazing. My ministry is to help you minister, but you know what your ministry is? To help me minister. And I see people forfeit that because when they go to church, they are there for what they can get instead of what may I give. I said, into a class when I was out in uh, California on the rapture. And uh, Dick Mayhew was teaching it. I love that man. Uh, for one reason, he's a graduate of Ohio State. Uh, for, for another, he was a Marine Corps pilot. And I, me and Dick just sort of have a thing going. We like each other. Okay? But he says, I always get nervous teaching on the rapture. And I said, Why is that? He says, I'm afraid I'll come in and nobody will be there. <laughs> And I, said, <laughs> yeah. and I said, okay, that, that, that's a good thing. Okay, um, and, and yet I, 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 there's times when I see people in the body of Christ who are literally left behind because they are not there. They are not there. You know what? I've had it in my ministry. I've had it in my ministry where I sweated and labored over the word of God, went to church, and nobody showed up. Okay? That's a blast. Okay? I mean, that, that just there it makes you want to just jump up and down and say, Hallelujah. Okay? How did those people who were missing minister to me? They didn't. But you know what? Those people I could have ministered to, they missed it. Okay? Every single teaching and preaching event is absolutely unique to the given moment. And if I miss that moment, I don't get it repeated. I don't get it repeated. I mean, you can listen to it, oh, I got it on CD or I got it on MP3 or I got it on something like that. But you know what? You're still not going to get the event. You just got words. Words. You miss the very opportunity to be shoulder-to-shoulder with the saints of God and have those other gifts touch you other than the teaching and the preaching. They forfeit. They forfeit being built up. They forfeit being used. They forfeit being conformed into the body of Christ. And they will stand before Jesus with wood, hay, and stubble. And it will all be consumed. But yet they'll be saved. But they have nothing there. They have nothing to say this was to your glory. They don't have anything. It ain't there. It's all gone. What did you do? Nothing. I sat around for Jesus. They forfeit the blessing and they forfeit the rewards. Now I lay that as a foundation Because if you haven't known me yet, you'll understand that I have a passion for the body of Christ. And at times it consumes me. It overwhelms me. And yet I can always look at it and say, what a privilege it is to be in the body of Christ, to be with the fellowship of the saints. And you know what? In this fellowship, the people that I see that are faithful are the ones that God is using. And I'm not here to hurt you. But the people who are there being used to minister to the other saints are the ones that are being used to be ministered to. That's why he designed it. That's why the writer of Hebrews says, don't forsake the assembly together. Why? You're missing it. Okay. Now then, all of that. I want to show you that I'm not random, but I do have a purpose of what I'm doing. Okay, but um, I'll tell you ahead of time. I have 14 points and oh so little time. Okay, and here's the key to this. Here's what I want you to understand about this. I'm slowly going to start getting more specific. Okay, About the spiritual gifts, how they work, what they look like, and what their purposes are. I've already hammered you guys, and I'll keep going back until I'm done through chapter 14. On the power source, the power source, the power source, the power source. Okay, You guys want to write these down. I guarantee it. Why? These will help you anytime you have to deal with spiritual gifts. Alright? I'll go slow, and I'll repeat. Alright? First one. They are essential to the church life. Chapter 12, verse 1. I do not want you to be unaware. Okay? I don't want you to be ignorant about this. Why? Well, if Paul tells us that he's dealing with the body of Christ, what is he saying? Well, these are essential. They are essential to the church life. Okay? Now listen, you've been through this. You have been through this over however many weeks I've been preaching this. Okay, so this is basically just encapsulating everything that you've learned over the last few months. Okay, it's essential to the church life. Two, they can be counterfeited. They can be counterfeited. You were pagans and you were led astray by mute idols. Okay, how counterfeited can they be? Verse 3, no one speaking by the Spirit of God says Jesus is accursed. Okay? They can be counterfeited one of two ways. Alright. They can be counterfeited by the flesh, or they can be counterfeited by Satan. Okay? In chapter two, verse one, it says this When I came to you, brethren, I did not come with superior speech or of wisdom, proclaiming to you the testimony of God. I was determined to know, know nothing. Among you, except Christ and him crucified. I was weak and fearful, he says. All right. And my message and my preaching were not in persuasive words of wisdom, but in demonstrations of spirit and of power. Okay. His preaching came from what? Himself. No. Came from God. God you got to get a hold of that. He wasn't a charismatic speaker, a great orator. So the flesh can creep in. All right? Your text that I just read to you in chapter 12, he says that you were led away by dumb mutes. He already tells you the mute idols. Idols that can't say nothing. Okay? And those are offered up to Demons. All right, so one, essential to the church life. Two, they can be counterfeited either by our own flesh or by demonic host. All right. Thirdly, the Holy Spirit is the source. Verse 7 and 11, chapter 12. Each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. You, okay, manifestation, remember what that means? The revealing Okay, the making clear of it. How is it made clear by the Holy Spirit? Verse eleven: And one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one as He wills, as He wills. It is the Holy Spirit's manifestation. All right. So, Holy Spirit is the source. Four key. Always, always, always. Always, always unite the body. When you see a person exercising a gift that is divisive, know that it is either their flesh or a demon. Okay? I don't care what the gift is. it divides the body, it's not of God. Period. All right? Um, verse 5. There are varieties of ministries, services, but what? Same Lord. There are varieties of gifts. Verse 4. Same Spirit. Varieties of effects or power. Same God. All right? Where's the division out in that? There isn't any. If, If it is the Spirit of God, the person of God, the person of the Son, how can there be division in a spiritual gift? It's impossible. Okay. Fifthly. Spiritual gifts are no sign of spirituality. Okay, they have this gift, so they must be spiritual. Nope. Chapter 1, verse 7 says, You are not lacking in any gift awaiting eagerly the revelation of the Lord Jesus. Wow, that's cool. This church was not lacking in any spiritual gift. Chapter 3, verse 1. Brethren, I could not speak to you as spiritual but as to men of the flesh, as to infants in Christ. Well, what gift were they lacking in? So spirituality is not linked to spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts, all right? So it's no sign of spirituality. So what we've got is essential to the church life. They can be counterfeited. Holy Spirit is the source of all spiritual gifts. They will always unite the body. Fifthly, there is no, they are not a sign of spirituality. Okay? Sixthly, They are not for self. They are not for self. Chapter 12, verse 5. There are varieties of ministry and the same Lord. Verse 7. And each one is given a manifestation of the Spirit for what? The common good. It is for the body of Christ. All right? So they're never for self-edification. You understand that? Do you know that my gift of preaching and teaching is never for strengthening me? Did you know that? That's mind boggling. My gift is for you. I I don't, I, I don't make sense to me, but God didn't say, here, I want to explain this to you and let me make sense to you. All right, Your gift is not for you to be stronger. Your gift is for me to be stronger and the other saints to be stronger. How weird is that? Think about the mentality that is in the church today. It defies man's understanding. But it's never for self-edification. Seventhly, there is a promise in the spiritual gifts of divine energy. There is a promise of divine energy in spiritual gifts. Um, verse 1, he says, I didn't want you to be unaware of this concerning these spiritual things. Verse 4, there's a variety of gifts, but the same spirit. Verse 5, the same Lord. Verse 6, the same God. Verse 11, the spirit works all these things, distributing uh, to each one individually as he needs, as he desires, as he wills. Okay? Who is the power source behind this, the gifts? Here, I'll tell you what. Here's a good one. Um, 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10 and 11. Chapter 4, verse 10 and 11. Each one has received a gift. Employ it, serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Cool, huh? Whoever speaks do as one speaking the utterances of God. Whoever serves, do as one serving by the strength which God supplies, so that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. I mean, when he starts talking about what God's doing, he just breaks out in doxology. Amen, amen, amen. Okay, do you see that? When you see people serving in the power of their spiritual gifts. It should break you forth. If you're going to serve, do it in one energy source. If you're going to speak, do it in one energy source. That's the difference. Okay? There's a divine energy, which drives me nuts. Why would I want to counterfeit it? Why would I want my flesh to do it? Okay? eight. Varieties, there's varieties, four, five, six, and 11. All right. I like this, that there are varieties of gifts. Every Christian, every single Christian has a unique place, a unique purpose. And you know what is really cool about it? It cannot be duplicated. It is impossible to duplicate it. I like that. Every Christian has been empowered and gifted in an absolute unique way to every other Christian who has ever been, whoever will be. That person is uniquely gifted for what God wants that Christian to accomplish. That Christian is also empowered for that. Can't be duplicated. Why? I mean, there's even varieties of the energy source. Remember Romans 12, 4? All right. Remember the faith. Each one is given a measure of faith to the power that God would give through grace. We got to understand that. Why He gives each one a degree of faith. He gives each one a degree of grace. He gives each one a degree of power. Okay. Um, there's varieties of energy. There's varieties of service, and and it's not in just one area of ministry. It's a, it's a composite. Each one is a composite. The gift that you have is a composite of many gifts. And then that composite fits into the body of Christ, which is a composite of many more gifts. It deals with our personalities. It deals with our life experiences. Then God empowers them. He gives them chrismata. Chrismata to accomplish what God needs to get accomplished. He gives them a grace gift. Now, I want to give you a little footnote on this one. All right. I've heard this before. I only have such and such gift. So in other areas, I don't have to serve. Because I'm not gifted in that area. Um, One of the reasons um, that some of us have gifts is to help the people who don't have that gift. Okay? Um, they may not be gifted in that area. And yet they do need to know how to minister in certain areas. Okay? Um, you take a church the size of Grace Community that we were out at last week, two weeks ago, whenever it was, and you got somewhere over 16,000 members Um, you got a whole bunch of servants, right? I mean, servants. Take a church that's our size. We don't have that many servants, which means that everybody then has a different composite of giftedness. Truthfully, if you really wanted to be honest with yourself, which church has the better gifted people? A big church or a little church? A little church would have more composites on the individual level because the individual level would have to take care of more responsibility than you would have in a large church. Correct? So we can look at our little congregation right here and say, we are some of the most gifted people walking on the planet. The question I would have to ask, are you being used? Okay? Okay. I'm not gifted in a certain area because I'm, I can know it by my attitude. Certain things I just don't want to do. Okay? And I shared last week that a lot of times that it's confirmed by others that you're not gifted there. Okay? But it doesn't say I don't have to be responsible. Okay? You know... uh, I have the gift of leadership, so I can't serve. The tragedy of me making that statement is I've had that said. Okay? Oh, yeah, you can. Oh, yeah, you can. And how many people are not because, well, I don't think I'm gifted there? I don't have the gift of helps, I have the gift of leadership. How can I help if I'm gifted in leadership? Well, I guarantee you, you won't use the gift of leadership until you help. It's that simple. If you are not willing to be humble and say, here I am, pour me out, then all you're going to do is sit there and you can take all the little tests you want to teach on whatever your your gift is and you'll never come to a conclusion. You know what? We will never come to a conclusion. If I don't see your pretty smiling face, I ain't got a clue what you're doing. All right. Ninth thing. You can have a gift and not use it. Okay. First Timothy and second Timothy, both Paul tells Timothy to stir up the gift that is in you. Okay. Listen, you can have a gift and serve and serve and serve and serve and serve and, serve and, and at some point become discouraged you, you 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 tell yourself that i'm not having any effect here there's just nothing happening you know i'm not seeing people i'm just not seeing people <laughs> that, 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 that'll wear out a gift okay i'm serving and serving and serving and there's no humans around okay okay and you can only get so many donkeys saved but uh um, you can serve and serve and serve and serve, and you become discouraged. One of the things that I see Timothy dealing with in both of his two letters is that there was an underlying discouragement that was laying there. And let's be realistic. If you were hanging out with Paul's ministry, you're going to be sitting there weighing, is this sucker really working? I mean, we poured ourselves into the church in Ephesus, we poured ourselves into the church in Corinth, and then people are morons. We were only three months at Thessalonica and that's the strongest group of Christians that all of Christendom has heard what's going on there. And not only that, the word has gone out through all of the Greek peninsula. So what are we doing here, God? Okay, but you know what? We're guilty of that well, I studied really hard and had these really cool stuff and I was going to share this stuff and I went to my Bible study and nobody showed up. Well, you know what? I decided I was going to do a men's a men's class and I was going to show them how to be men of God and gird up your loins and, you know, hunt and kill and eat things and stuff. You know, good biblical premises. All right? I was going to do all of that. And I went and there was no men there. There was no men there. So what am I supposed to do? We'll go out and shoot something. Kill it. Eat it. I don't know. Do you see what I'm trying to get at? So there are times in your service that you need to stir it up. You need to stir it up. Because you'll be discouraged because you'll think that you're the only one serving. Isaiah did it. No, what was his name? Uh, Elijah. Went up under the tree. There ain't nobody here no more. You know, and I'm saying, you ran from a girl. No, it's <laughs> just... I would have too. If a girl came after me and her name was Jezebel, I'm finding me a tree in the wilderness someplace. Make a note of that. So, you don't want to ever go with Jezebel or Gomer. Gomer is another bad woman. Don't, don't Anyway, but see, there's times that you can have a gift and just not use it. Okay, do you know that if you have a gift and you're not using it, you're discouraging the other saints? Did you ever think about that? Okay. But you can, um, some Christians just never get started. They never serve. They never get started. Tenth thing. All right. I want you to understand this and this is really going to help you. There are several terms describing the divine enablements. Several terms describing the divine enablements. Okay. Here's what they are. Verse 4, there are gifts. Verse 5, there are ministries. Verse 6, there are effects. Okay? Please understand that there are terms describing spiritual gifts and you have to take all of it to see what it is. Okay? When you go through the individual gifts, and the person has the gift. Um, you know, I've heard people say that there's a gift, a spiritual gift of apostleship. Okay, uh, doesn't fit scripturally, but I've seen there is a spiritual gift of helps. There's a spiritual gift of administrations. There's a spiritual gift of leadership. There's a spiritual gift of languages. There's spiritual gifts of miracles. There's spiritual gifts of signs and wonders. Okay, they're all there, but understand that they all have to fit in to gift service and empowerment. Okay, there's a little translation. It is a gift. It is charismata. It is a gracious gift. Okay, but it also has a service. I gave you this gift to serve others. And I also empowered it so that you'll do it in my power. Okay, so we have to understand that they were given to us. Those words, those terms so that we would understand the bigger picture of what they are. Okay? Verse of the 11th thing. The list is not exhaustive. Sorry. If you believe that there are two gifts, or if you believe there are 23 gifts, or if you believe that there's any number in between those three gifts, I think you just proved my point. Okay? When I watch people try to take spiritual gifts and isolate them into this... Here's what they are. I see a person who's headed for trouble. Okay? There's a list of gifts in 8 through 10 of chapter 12 of First Corinthians. There's a list of gifts in 12, Romans 12, 6 through 8. And what's crazy there? There's two different ones. Okay? We already looked at Peter's text says there are gifts. Ephesians says there are gifts and his list is completely different. Yet Paul wrote three of the letters. Here's the thing I want you to understand about spiritual gifts. It is the word charismata, a grace gift. Okay, now I want you to think about this for a second. Anything God gives you is charismata, is a grace gift gift. If you get to infect one person's eternal destination by sharing of the gospel and making a disciple of that individual, do you understand that that's charismata? Do you understand that if you get your next heartbeat, it's charismata? Do you understand that you being added to the body of Christ was charismata? So how can I say, well, these are the spiritual gifts? No, anything he gives me is a Spiritual gifts. So how do I sit there and say, well, I think there's 23 of them. Okay? I do not believe that the list is exhaustive. Why? Because when I think about what my God has given to me, how can I say, well, yeah, but I didn't get one of them 23. Okay? Okay? And, and we'll get more detail into those. Charismata, please understand when you see spiritual. You know what? We already looked at it in the past. Chapter 7. There's a spiritual gift of celibacy. It is a gift. And you know, some would say, well, I don't want that one. Whose will is it? You're telling God? No. That's like saying, God, I want you to be fair. I don't think so. If you want God to be fair with you, please go out in the parking lot. I don't want any of the afterburn. All right? I don't want fair God. I want grace. I want charismata. And I want more charismata. All right? So please understand those things. Twelve things. All spiritual gifts are for the edification of the saints. For the building of the body. Every spiritual gift has one purpose. Building up of the body. Why he gets pastor teachers. Why to strengthen the saints for the work of ministry that it may come to the fullness of Christ. All right, spiritual gifts are for the body. Okay, it is a profit to those who are gathered. We looked at this in depth last week. All right, thirteenth thing. Almost done. All right, thirteenth thing. Some. Are for a sign. Did you know that? Verse three wait, verse twenty two of chapter fourteen says this. So then, tongues, literal translation, languages are for a sign. Key phrase comes next, not to those who believe. Okay? not to those who believe. All right? Is there a gift of tongues? Absolutely. And it was given as a sign. Some spiritual gifts are for a sign. This text says it was a sign to who? Unbelievers. Unbelievers. Okay? So do you see that that gift, it ain't unifying the saints, it's not for the saints is it it is for condemnation but then he says if you have that gift I want you to understand that my spiritual gift still is for the edification of the saints because if you have that gift you make sure you have an interpreter so that the saints are strengthened by it okay I'm telling you I've read this and 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 when Paul says I don't want you to be ignorant about spiritual gifts he wrote it in such a way that you have to be a moron to not understand spiritual gifts but you have to understand them in the context of Holy Writ most people will never move past 8 and 10 of chapter 12 right there see there they are all them gifts I love that thing but do you understand what they're for? Well, we'll see what they're for in the weeks to come. All right? But they are for the building up of the body. Okay? But, and they are also for a sign. All right? And the last thing is this. All right? Spiritual gifts are different from spiritual fruit. Galatians 5.22. Spiritual gifts are different than spiritual fruit. All right? Spiritual fruit is an attitude. Okay? Spiritual gift is an activity. All right? It's an action. If I have the action without the fruit of the attitude, that's your flesh. Has no benefit to God whatsoever. Okay? You have to have the spiritual attitude love, joy, peace, long suffering, self control, gentleness, kindness, all the rest of them. You have to have that to have the action, or of the flesh. Okay? Now then, I'll wrap it up with one last verse. The Gospel of John, 17th chapter, is what is truly the Lord's prayer. Okay? When you hear the Lord's prayer, normally what you hear is not the Lord's prayer. Chapter 17 is the Lord's prayer. It's that part that says, Jesus spoke these things, lifting His eyes to heaven. (laughs) That would be the Lord's prayer. Okay? But He says this, Sanctify them in truth, that your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. For their sakes I sanctify myself, that they themselves will be sanctified in truth. I do not ask on behalf of these alone, but for those who will believe in me through their word. That they may be one. Even as you, Father, are in me, I in you, that they also may be in us so that the world may believe that you sent me. You know why people are not getting saved in Castle Rock, Colorado right now? The world doesn't believe God sent us Because we have forsaken the truth and there cannot be unity in the body without the Word of God. That's the simplicity of it. People are not getting saved because they don't see the church as being sent by God. Okay? That's the word that you and I are up against That's why we need the manifestation of Christ individually so that we can gather together collectively so that the world will know God sent us. Think about that. I don't care where you're at in your life right now. You grab a hold of that idea and it will change your life. God sent me here now for your behalf. You know what's scary about that? That's scary. Let's be realistic about it. You guys are all saying, "What did we do wrong?" Okay. God sent you here right now. For my behalf. That's good stuff. That's why Paul said, "You're not your own. You've been bought, paid for, with a price." Let's pray. Father, I give you the praise for your word. I give you praise for your precious bride, your church. Lord, the amazing things that you do through her and the power that you've given, the gifts that you have given for the ministering of the saints that we may be in Christ. Father, praise you for this time. I praise you that we're not ignorant. Help us not be ignorant. Father, let us bow before you. Use us up. Pour us out as a drink offering. Pour us out, Lord. Pour us out. To your praise and glory, Christ's name. Amen.